Hello and welcome to Kingdom Recovery just for today with recovery coach and empowerment speaker, Dr. Tracy Lewis. Today, we remind you to hold fast to the knowledge that wellness recovery is the return to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. Dr. Lewis is an author, minister, coach, and human development entrepreneur. She is also the chief apostle and founder of Growing Discoveries Outreach Ministries in the state of Georgia, USA. Her scope of work over the past 35 years through missions, messages, and podcasts have circled the globe. Dr. Tracy's authenticity and holistic approach to restoration makes her voice relevant to all generations. She believes that people are people around the world and life issues hit all people regardless of age, ethnicity, descent, or class. Get ready to be challenged to make life-altering decisions that will cause you to become the best you you can be. Remembering to hold fast to the knowledge that wellness recovery is the return to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. Hello, friends. Welcome to today's broadcast. Actually, in this next series of broadcasts, we're going to go through some things that are shared in what is called in the Word of God, the Beatitude series. Did you know that Beatitude means a place of utmost bliss? And that word bliss means complete happiness and contentment. If we want to get to the place of complete happiness and contentment, I want you to know today, it won't be coming from buying your first house. It won't be coming from marrying your high school sweetheart. It won't be found in having millions of dollars in the bank or even a thousand dollars in the bank. Utmost bliss is something that comes from within. Jesus expressed so many different principles of this place of utopia, this place of contentment that we as the people of God have opportunity to walk in. But he shared it in ways that were parables, things that we could connect to, things that we could relate to, and especially what people could relate to in that day and that time of which he was speaking. So enjoy the journey with us as we go through the Beatitudes series. Today, we're going to look at the fact that the Word of God says in Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth, what exactly does that mean? I'm going to share some things today that I hope will challenge your faith about you and I becoming what Jesus said we were to be. If we were going to live in the utmost bliss or the presence of the Lord to our fullest and become our best self, isn't that what we're searching for? Isn't that what we're longing for? As people of God's kingdom, we are in search for one thing. Really, that is the power to be, the power to rule and the power to reign. Jesus came to give us our power back. And one of the ways he described that place of power and that place of dominion in his kingdom is that we must understand and comprehend that we as his people must be and become the salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is it if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown down and trampled underfoot as worthless. Now, natural salt without any additives can never go bad. If salt goes bad, how can salt lose its saltiness? I began to study this out because I really wanted to understand what Jesus was saying here. Although natural salts can never spoil, table salts with additives can lose their flavor and texture over time. 
Refined table salts contain iodine to enhance flavor and, to, and health properties and anti-caking agents that protect it from clumping. These additives degrade over time, which is why table salts have approximately five years of shelf life. And then there's exposure. Exposure to moisture or metal ions causes taste degradation as well. A metaphor is a figure of speech. Jesus was speaking in the form of a metaphor. And in this figure of speech, it describes an object or an action in a way that isn't literally true, but it explains an idea or it makes a comparison. To sum it up, salt cannot lose its flavor unless exposed to certain conditions or containing additives. Now that's really powerful when we look at today's lesson. We can lose our saltiness when we compromise with the world and we learn to love its ways. When we are exposed to environments and atmospheres and when we add to what God has given us and we add these additives that we think are going to sustain us and our, which is our, um, the word of God talks about those things that come to come in and choke us and steal. And that is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that come in. Instead of being different and exceptional and remaining godly and faithful to Jesus, our focus of a love for wealth, of fame, of luxury, being assumed with the cares of this world or uh, temptations or trials that come our way in this world, it can cause us to lose our saltiness. As soon as we lose our testimony and positive effect on the world around us, my friend, we have lost our saltiness. As soon as we lose that place of becoming and being exceptional in all that we do, in how we live, and what we say, and the way we conduct ourselves, the positive effect on the world around us, we lose our testimony and we lose our saltiness. Compromising our beliefs and our distinctive characteristics as kingdom citizens will water down the power of the message. We need to focus here on the way salt loses its saltiness. If it is added to or exposed to or watered down. Let's discuss that for just a moment. We can lose our ability to impact the world around us and to cause an effect of the presence of God when we add to the gospel, when we are exposed to worldly things and worldly ways, and when we water down the truth. My friend, we cannot in this hour afford to lose our saltiness. Salt is also used for preservation. We are preserving the kingdom until he comes. You and I, as the salt of the earth, have a responsibility to preserve the kingdom of God and its principles. What do I mean by that? Well, the word of God tells us very clearly all throughout the gospels that the kingdom of heaven is like this and the kingdom of heaven is like that. We don't have time in this teaching today to talk about all of the principles, but God has ordained for you and I to rule and reign in this life. He's called us to take dominion and authority and power over all the works of the enemy, not become subject to them, not to enter into fear, 
He said, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And so we have a responsibility to preserve the kingdom of God. Bible tells us that the scepter of the kingdom of God is righteousness. Said it for Jesus, the scepter of his kingdom shall be righteousness. Righteousness shall be the scepter. What is the scepter? That is the very thing that gives us access into, are you ready? Into the Beatitudes or into utmost bliss of the power and love and authority and healing and mercy and grace and goodness and blessing of the kingdom of heaven. So in order to preserve it, we must use the scepter of righteousness. What do we mean by that? It means to live in right relationship with God, to live at peace with God. In order to live at peace with God and live right with God, we must live according to God's covenant, God's promises, God's command. God and his kingdom is based on principles. When someone comes into contact with you, is their life somehow preserved in a positive way because of your presence? because of the things you say, because of the things you speak. David said this in Psalm 16:1, "Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust." Preserve actually means to keep something as it is, especially in order to prevent it from decaying or being destroyed. Is your prayer that of David's, "Preserve me, O God, in you I put my trust." So when our trust and our hope is in the Lord, in his will, and in his commands, what will take place in our lives is we will walk in prosperity. We will walk in health. We will walk in joy unspeakable and full of glory. Our life will be a peaceable habitation and sure dwelling places. We will live knowing that God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness, and we will become partakers of the divine nature of God. God, David said, please preserve me. It's in you I put my trust. It is in him we live, my friend, in him we move and in him we have our being. And we need to know that when we came to Christ, Christ is enough for us to be preserved until he returns. Preserved into what? To stay in order with God, to stay in relationship and divine connection with our heavenly father. He is our access. He is our way to the father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the father or the blessings of the kingdom, but by me. And then Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Did you know that remaining salty, in order to do that, it is necessary to remain in the will of God? Because the word of God continues there and says, then you receive all that he has promised. So let me go back to the top of that scripture in Hebrews 10. So do not throw away this confident trust you have in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. A call to persevere is a call to remain preserved until his coming. Prior to these two verses, we are told that in 
verse 32 and verse 33, to think back how God preserved them as they were ridiculed and beaten and exposed to public disgrace, and yet they helped others. They were suffering in jail, and things that they owned had been taken away, and yet they still remained steadfast in the joy of serving God and the joy of knowing Jesus because they had their eyes on what was coming in spite of their law. This reflection came when they were told to remain or stay sure in the fact that they could trust the Lord. Another thing that salt does is it flavors things and pulls out or draws out the taste such as food. Salt draws the good out of things that you cook. Does the presence of your life, is my question to you today, are you salty? Does the presence of your life draw what is good out of others? Or does your presence go unnoticed? Or does it challenge those around you to become their very best, to pull the best out of a person? more impactful to the world around you and affecting a change in the world. Then we must also consider that salt has been used to prevent infection and clean wounds. I love the verse, better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Or you may have heard the saying, you are salt in my wound. Though salt is a healing agent, my friend, it causes pain while it brings healing to the affected area of a wound. To find healing, you must first feel pain. I know you don't want to hear that today, but as you allow the saltiness of the presence of God in your life, it will remove, it will heal, it will preserve your life, and then in turn, you must heal, preserve, and cause others to be restored. In order to be restored, you must feel the pain. Did not Jesus have to go through Calvary? Did he not have to go through the crucifixion to carry our shame, to carry our sorrows, to carry our sicknesses and our diseases? As we lay our lives down and we put our trust in him alone, the salt of the God that we know, the essence and the presence of the God that we know will drive out sickness and disease from us. It will drive out the wounds and the shame and the pain from us, the sorrow and the hopelessness from us. And soon to follow will come new skin, new cells that bring healing. This reminds me of another powerful scripture. It's found in Colossians 4, verse 6. Are you ready? Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You see, we can't answer everyone just any kind of way. Our words are to be seasoned with salt. They're to bring the good out of a situation. They're to draw out, preserve, heal infection. They're to be words that bring life. They're words that cultivate healing and cultivate good things. They may sting a bit from time to time, but they add flavor and thought about an issue that one may be speaking about. It could be, for example, that someone is speaking a judgmental comment about an individual or even a biased belief, and you counteract with that person and with them, and your speech is seasoned with salt by saying something in regard to the possibility 
of why that person may be like that or act like that in relation to their personal life experience. Or you may use yourself as an example and say, I used to be that way as well, but I have changed because, and share your story. Your word seasoned with salt may even be just a comment such as, don't speak that. Don't speak about that individual to me. Don't speak those words of death in my presence. It's unacceptable. This may cause the other person who is speaking to check their own heart and embrace others more positively just because of your salt-filled word. So we see here that our saltiness is something that preserves. It's something that draws out good. It's something that corrects and brings about righteousness. So how can we remain salty? By remaining strong in the word of God and not only knowing it, but living it out in our daily life is one way for us to stay and remain salty. I was thinking about a person who made a comment to me about my presence in the midst of people from a separate culture. And I was the only one of my ethnicity in that particular setting. And they said, I don't understand how you can come into this setting and feel so confident and free. And I explained to them from the word of God that brought saltiness to the situation is that from one seed, the word of God says in the book of Acts, all nations came. We are not separate one from another. That is the curse of sin that has made us to believe that. But in God and by his creation, we have all been made one by the one seed of God. Another way we can remain salty is not to be overexposed with worldly atmospheres and environments. Speak life in the midst of death regularly. Speak truth to counteract all lies. Live uncompromisingly righteous in your beliefs, standards, and morals. Preserve and heal daily others that are around you. Leave a taste of God in people's lives everywhere you go. What can you do to apply these things and put them into action? Perhaps you need to change the way you're living. Check your words and what you're speaking. Ask yourself if you're separating yourself from worldly atmospheres and environments. Or are you just blending in? Are you blending or are you trending the kingdom message, my friend? Your life is your living letter. Your life is your testimony. Your life is your salt. Combat doubt and unbelief with truth and biblical principles and standards by the words you speak, by the actions you take. Most of all, make sure that you remain salty and leave others with a residue of God wherever you go. Let your presence bring the best out of everyone around you. Let me close with this scripture today. And I want you to remember what was said about this place of utmost bliss, that best place, your greatest place in God that you can live. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is the salt if it's lost its flavor? Don't lose your salty flavor today. I'm Dr. Tracy Lewis. We'll be back with you again, sharing a message of life to you very soon. Have a blessed and a beautiful day. We want to thank you for engaging in this broadcast. If this session was helpful to you, please like, share, and invite others to receive the same strength and support in their journey as you have today. 
Dr. Lewis is always honored and grateful that you would take time out of your life to grow, heal, and receive each thought-provoking message she brings. Please reach out to us by visiting our websites, www.kingdomrecovery.org or www.growingdiscoveriesoutreach.com. While you're there, take time to look at all the additional tools available to become whole and healthy and fulfill your own personal destiny. We also invite you to sign up on our mailing list to receive further announcements of events and be notified when Dr. Lewis will be coming to your area. Once again, thank you for spending your time with us today. And as we always say, just for today, embrace the process.